Welcome back to the latest episode of Let's Talk About It. One of the key tools to success is building relationships. And on this episode, we are touching on how to build a network and how to overcome the fear of hearing no. So let's talk about it. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am joined again by Austin. He is my co-host, and I'm super excited that he's been on here for the last, what is this, four episodes now, and he wanted to talk about this topic, so I'm going to let him talk about networking, and we'll get started. Yes, thank you, Nate. Happy to be here. Big number four, just tons of momentum, and I'm going to have, I'm going to be on here as long as, until you kick me off. That's that's what it's <laughs> going to have to come to. Well, let's try to, the goal is 52 weeks, 52 episodes. Let's get to that first, and then we'll decide. <laughs> Then I'll have my end of the year performance review <laughs> Can really get to the nitty gritty. Yep, I wanted yep. to discuss networking and I wanted to discuss networking because I have learned so much about it going through my undergraduate degree, pursuing medicine, and then actually going into medical school and looking for ways to get into these residency programs. You and I have discussed it a bunch, but then I have also spoken with other people in within medicine, but then outside of medicine who aren't really sure how beneficial it can be to just have somebody you know in a place that's maybe they're uh let's see maybe they're of equal position and authority but having people who are more experienced than you how to garner and cultivate and maintain relationships with people who are who can help you who can mentor you and teach you and so i i want to get your thoughts on that i feel like that you are an exceptional networker and you've probably created a vast network as you've been applying to dermatology one of the most competitive specialties in medicine to get into. And so I wanted to just talk about how have you done it? How have I done it? What have we found to be successful? And what what would I, what advice would you give to somebody who's looking to network? I'm so glad that you brought this up because I feel like this was one of my strengths. You know, we're so worried about our applications. We're just going to talk about medicine right now, but we're so worried about our applications, right? There's so many kind of factors that can go into play. And I knew that my strengths from the beginning were making relationships, building rapport and kind of connecting with people. And from day one, when I decided I was going to dermatology, I knew that what I had to do was make connections. And you've heard it before. It's all who you know, right? Anyone that's done business, you know, you can have this application, you can have this resume. But with business, with anything that's going on, it's who you know, those connections that you make. And I think that I think it's going to be success. You're going to, it's going to show success and it's going to come to fruition, all the networking that I've done in the last four years and for you as well. But I think the big thing that I like to say is a lot of people are afraid to hear no. And that's what people are afraid to do when they're going to reach out and send an email, send a cold call or show up to an, an office or show up to a networking event to ask for help, to ask for mentorship. But along those lines, within a hundred no's, you're going to get a yes. And I think I've learned that from the military that doesn't matter if you're going to get told no, what's that going to do hurt your feelings? That's okay. Find that yes. And then you start building this confidence. And then you can kind of slingshot to the next person, and they'll connect you with another person. I think, I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of with networking is hearing no, hearing no directly to their face or on an email. So then when you did receive a no, you, I mean, you kind of hinted at it. But what happened? Did, did you die? Did your career prospects, all the doors close? What happens when you get a no? And that's the fear. A lot of people, that's what they're so afraid of. It's no, it's, 
you kind of get like, oh, well, am I, am I someone that no one wants to work with? Am I someone that no one wants to guide and, and, and grow to be this leader in the community and in, in medicine or in business or whatever it is, you kind of get over that. It's the same thing I've always said when I kind of fail at something, I give myself the day. I try to do 12 hours, but I give myself the day to figure out what can I do to make sure that this doesn't happen again, right? Maybe it's that person that doesn't want to help, you know, reach out to more people. It's kind of a numbers game. Reach out to more people, reach out to more doctors, reach out to more real estate investors that are going to help you. I think the, the increase in your number is going to help you get that yes. But you have to have that, that self, self inward thought, inward, inward thought process of yourself. Like, don't worry about it saying who you are as a person. It's not that you're negative or you're a bad student or you're someone that cannot be taught. Just know that some people aren't, that mentor might not be the person who wants to help you. And there's going to be a mentor out there if you really look for them. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel that I have an unfair advantage in being rejected and having, I guess, maybe more experience in dealing with that than a lot of other people. I served a two-year mission for my church in the country of Spain. And you know, most of Europe, I'd say, leans pretty atheistic and very, at the very least, agnostic and kind of apathetic towards religion. And so I spent two years in a place holding something, you know, very dear to my heart and trying to share with people. And oh my goodness, every day, up and down the streets, no rejection, closed doors, sometimes very creative. Like that's, it's a very quick witted people. They know how to hurt. And it was, I, it never brought me down. I think it's because I said this in our stress episode, when you are doing all that you can and somebody doesn't go your way. Well, that's not my fault that somebody chose to not work with me or to not listen to me. And I think the the earliest kind of networking that I did was just was keeping that attitude in, in my undergraduate education. I went to start a, a club, a group for pre-medical students who were interested in osteopathic medicine. And I just started cold calling physicians around the valley just to find people who would come and talk to our students because I didn't know any DOs. And I knew a lot of students didn't know DOs. You know, my institution was attached to an MD medical school, an allopathic medical school, which isn't a bad thing, but we just, there was just wasn't a lot of exposure. And so I just started cold calling people and yeah, probably seven, eight of them said no. And then one person said, sure, yeah, I'd be happy to help. And was able to go and rotate with that, not rotate, but was able to go and shadow them. And they formed a really pivotal part in my decision of kind of what my path was to take and where I would apply, how I would want to practice. and. All those other people said no. That didn't cost me a thing. I mean, maybe a few minutes, right? But who keeps track of minutes anymore when you're making calls? But it did. It didn't have any effect on me. Nothing happened. The world didn't end. The sun kept shining. We kept moving on. I still had, you know, the, all my goals. And yeah, I think that's a huge worry that when you can cut yourself off or just, yeah, I mean, you probably still feel a little bit anxious. But when you know, oh, if I get a no, it really doesn't matter. I'll just keep working. I'll just keep asking. You can cut out that fear and it becomes so much more or so much easier to take that step. And I think it's that that self-doubt that people have. And I kind of alluded to that just a couple of minutes ago, or a couple of seconds ago, is that, well, am I actually going to be able to get to where I want? You know, maybe I don't deserve to get to where I want. But that's that you kind of hit it on the head too. It's like you have to go through those new no's. You have to be told no. And you kind of have to struggle a little bit to find that yes. And I'm glad that we can kind of relate to that sense like you were doing your mission overseas and being told no by numerous people. I was overseas doing military stuff and 
being told no on various bases of like wanting to go home and do this other stuff. So I think, I think it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard topic because what makes people feel self-doubt? What, what makes people feel that they are not worth getting that mentorship? And I think it's just, they have to get out there and kind of get their feet wet and just try, 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 call whoever you can meet, whoever you can and get comfortable being uncomfortable. That was my next question, actually, now that we've kind of talked about, okay, so don't be afraid. And if you are afraid, it doesn't matter because nothing will happen to you. you. It's okay to get a no. You just keep going. Now, how do you know who to network with? How do you find out who to talk to? So I love that question. And I think anytime you are looking for a network connection or someone to be mentored by, you need three mentors, someone who's recently done what you're trying to do, someone who's about five to six years to 10 years, which what you want to do, and then 10 to 15 years above that, because each one has different stages. Sure, the people that are recently gotten, say, graduated med school or gotten to a residency, those people are going to know the process of getting into a residency or getting that job or creating this project. The next group are the ones that are kind of leading, who have already like led the people who have accepted the people to getting in. And you want to see how they're doing things as a leader in that field or that community. And then third, that last group are the people who've been in the field, who have the the experience, who have the, I've gone through it, not just from reading it from a book or seeing it on TV or in a podcast that I've actually lived it. And you want to find these three different mentors, these three different network connections, so that you can have a different perspective from each of those. And so you can form whatever path you're trying to do from those three different people. Right, I agree. And I think that something that really helped me was because, you know, I, I talked about how an undergrad, I had started reaching out to people. I think that you can also look maybe out laterally, even people who are doing different things and take on from their skills and their, their work ethic and the things that they've decided to do. I know I asked you a bunch and you're we're applying completely different specialties, but I asked you, who are you talking to? Who are you getting in touch with? And you told me kind of your thought process and what you were doing. So then I went to, you know, do the same thing. I contacted those who were a couple of years ahead of me i started reaching out more and acquiring mentors through different programs that i could apply to and then i interacted with somebody who talked to me a lot about social media and how to use social media do you, do you use social media much for networking yeah so i actually use social media a lot for networking and you know I've, i was an ambassador for first one for about two years and they kind of had these courses and all that other stuff and they talk about having only one account a lot of people will have two count two accounts but you're not really showing you're not building a brand on who you are. But what I think social media has been very useful for me, and it's kind of a hack that I've done is every place I visited for residency, I follow those people, I follow those residents, I follow the, the, the residency's program, Instagram. And then I like their stories, I comment on their stories, I comment on the residency's program stories and their posts. And if I visited a program in August, and I'm liking their residents and their, their official page, constantly, who's at the forefront of their brain? Me subconsciously, I'm in the forefront of their brain. And I've gone on these interviews, and I've done these, these interviews the last few months, they they say they know me, you know, when I spent a week with them. And it's because of that. So I think using social media, and again, we talk about social media as a problem. And I think overall, social media is a problem. But you can use it to build your brand to sell products, to propel yourself to making connections. And I think it's something that people should use in that sense. I totally agree. I went on a similar route and all the programs I was interested in, I followed their pages 
And a lot of them had opportunities to interact. They had info sessions and they had, you know, Q and A's and hangouts. They were all virtual, of course, but but by doing that, then I was able to attend and have conversations virtually and get to know people. There were a number of programs that I DM'd and said, hi, I'm Austin. I'm a medical student. I'm really interested in this program. Is there somebody that I can ask some questions to and get on a phone call? Every single time someone was willing to talk to me and they were so nice. You know, this might be yep. just a trait of PMNR because it's one of the best specialties, but <laughs> <Those weirdos. laughs> but everyone, everyone was so willing to help and so willing to answer questions. And I had a, an experience kind of similar to what you discussed. I showed up at an interview and the program director herself, I had never met her before, but I had communicated with three or four of the residents over these virtual meetings and met some more through some different virtual meetings, through these independent phone calls that I had made myself. And by the time I got to this interview, the first thing this program director said to me was, wow, my residents really like you. Ooh, man, that I'm sure carried a lot of weight in my interview process. And what I also found was not even just programs, you can find really in whatever field you're pursuing, you can be on LinkedIn, Twitter. Twitter's a great place to do this. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to avoid the negativity of Twitter, but a professional field that you're interested in, you'll find that there are people who are the bigwigs in that field, the people who tweet out regularly, who talk about their research, the things they're doing. They'll be on podcasts. They'll be giving keynote speeches. And what does it hurt to send someone a DM, a private DM and say, I would love to pick your brain sometime. Can I hop on a five-minute call with you? And I had... Every time I sent any, a message like that, really simple DM, I got a great positive response. People saying, yes, I'd love to. One person was the president of one of the prominent medical organizations that I had followed, and she tried to help me set up a rotation. She got me in touch with some people. It didn't work out in the end, but, but she's a great contact to have. And then another person ended up being a great mentor for me through the application process. And they put in a good word for me with one of the associate program directors of the place that I applied. And we, we've only ever talked over Twitter and then over the phone. And so I think you can use social media to play on, not play on, but really encounter the good nature of people who are out there who want to help young, ambitious people progress and, and come up in their fields. I love that you bring that up because... It doesn't have to be social media. It doesn't have to be Instagram or TikTok or Twitter. There's various types of social media. So LinkedIn, Doximity, Figure One, they're all, if you're in medicine, they're all kind of different apps. And that's something I did similar when I was in first year and I was still kind of deciding if Durham was it. I, re I found LinkedIn and I found all the medical students or residents that graduated from Rocky Vista who were in radiology. Because so I was maybe kind of floating radiology a little bit. So I sent them direct messages and I talked to them. And then I was like, well, anesthesia. So I kind of found everyone that graduated from Rocky Vista on LinkedIn who were in residency, sent them a message on LinkedIn and talked to them. Then ultimately I found dermatology, but it's being, again, it's being, being comfortable with being, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and making those calls and not being afraid to do it. And I think I say this on a regular basis. It's a lot of people are afraid to do this, but if you're not doing it, Someone else is making those calls. Someone else is reaching out via email. Someone else is showing up and not being annoying, but showing up to an office and saying, hey, you know, I'm a student or I'm inter interested in real estate. How can I be assistance to you so that I can learn? And I think that's what's lacking in a lot of people. And a lot of the, the students that I'm mentoring below me and who are interested in dermatology is like, I did it. So trust me, someone in yours doing what I'm in your year is doing what I'm doing and you need to be the one doing it. 
And I think that you need to have a lot of tact when you're doing this. Already, you're setting yourself apart by being an ambitious go-getter. Right. Now, show that you have some social awareness. Ooh. Now, now we're talking a whole another level of candidate here, no matter what field you're looking at. If you're going to reach out to somebody and ask them questions, and the questions can easily be answered by looking at their website, by looking at the material that they post, by looking at something that's so publicly available, you're not you're showing that you don't value their time. Right. You haven't done your research to figure out what's the right thing or what's something that's good, a thought-provoking question. You're reading between the lines and getting maybe a level deeper. And right, so you're separating yourself as an even higher candidate. I think something that I've done and I, I've tried to teach people below me, and I think we've talked about this, is what can you bring to the table, right? Don't just go out there looking for a handout. How can I, as a student or as a learner, be of assistance to you, like I just said, be assistance to you so that I can learn. Um, something that I did was with research projects and articles that I have published, I would do all the work with my team. And then I knew residents who obviously need publications to kind of graduate residency, you need a certain number of publications. So I'd be like, hey, you know, blah, blah, so and so, I have this paper, do you want to review it and edit it? It's basically done. Um, can you review it and give us our input? And then we'll throw you on it and publish it. Boom. Now this person sees that I'm not there trying to take from them. I'm giving so that they can give back to me. And it's and people could be like, well, that's wrong. Like you're you're look, you're doing something to get something in return, but it's not. Like I'm helping them, they're helping me. And we're gonna have a mutual relationship to help each other get better. Right. Then you're not a drain. You're not a siphon on that person's time, their talents, their ability. You're asking for some help and willing to offer your services in return. And speaking, you know, you employed this tactic and gave me the advice to do it as well. I don't want to call it a tactic. This maybe effort and this, this, I don't know what to call it if it's not a tactic. <laughs> I know because tactic sounds wrong. So it's just a, just a method of networking is what I would call this it. This method. Yeah. You, you referred me to uh, maybe trying this method and it went a long way with one of my audition rotations. One of the residents I was speaking with said, oh, have you met so-and-so, our chief resident? And I said, yes, we're published together on a paper. It just came out. <laughs> and then just like, mic drop, boom. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think it's people, again, I think we don't have to talk too much on it less or more than this, but I think it's people have to really get out of their comfort zone, not be afraid to be told no, and just just try. Well, let me ask you a question. This is something I struggled with when you, I have no issue making my initial contact. Now, how do you maintain it without being awkward or overbearing? Keep somebody in your network as a mentor, as a contact. How do you go about doing that? Again, so I think this is where social media comes in very big play. If you find a way to follow them on social media, you know, comment on their personal posts, like their stories. Um, if they have something that you they do so that's funny on a story, kind of comment on that and be like, oh, I love that ice cream or whatever it is that way. And then I would send a text every few months. What I did was like, I'd send a text every few months, like, I'm very appreciative of your time. And I thank you for all that you've helped me with, you know, can I ask you some more questions? Boom, give like, don't even worry about texting me. Let's call and have a phone call. And I've done that numerous times. And I, it's a being, being genuinely appreciative of what they're doing for you and not just kind of give, give, give. And I think you have to show that. And that worked for me. That, that's how it's worked for me. No, I think that's great. I think another thing that on top of that, that I've done was just keeping someone updated. You know, if yeah. they've given you advice on yeah. what to do, maybe a path to take, something to mm -hmm. try, checking back in and saying, hey, I tried this, I'm doing it, it's going great, just wanted to keep you updated. If somebody has written you letters of recommendation, I applied to this many jobs today, I just had an interview, it went great, I really appreciate what you 
the words that you wrote for me or the word that you put in for me. Hey, I'm getting married. Let me send you a wedding announcement. You've mm-hmm. been a huge, like a great influence in my life. And I'd love to just, you know, send this to you as well. But you, you, there's ways to keep in contact too. just keeping someone updated to show you're interested, of course. But hey, look, I'm doing exactly what you told me to do because mm-hmm. I value your opinion. And I'm not somebody who's going to waste the time that you've spent on me. If you don't know, if you're listening to this, I have done another podcast where I've it's allowed me to network with a lot of people, a lot of program directors, a lot of residents for dermatology. But I was interviewing a program director and she says there's IQ, which is like your intelligence, and then EQ, which is your like social intelligence and how you interact with people. And she's like, you know, you have these people who are very smart, but if you talk to them, they kind of forget things. It's like if you're meeting someone at a meeting and they tell you that they, oh, they, you know, tomorrow they're going to go bake a cake with their daughter for a bake sale. If you see them in a few weeks, remember that and bring that up. Oh, how'd the bake sale go? What kind of cake did you make? And that's a connection you can keep. And they're like, wow, this person took the time to remember what I was doing with my daughter. There's that connection. It's staying. And I think a lot of people do miss that. And I don't know. I don't know if it's upbringing or experiences, but it's just being a genuine person and really caring about what people are doing and just making an effort to remember. If you have to write it down on a note card, I was reading another book. I think it was like the 90, 92 hacks, 92 hacks or tactics to talk to anybody. And there was this one guy, he, uh, anytime he was at a networking event, he'd get their business card, talk to them. And then when the person would walk away, he'd write something on the business card. So if you ever saw them again, you know, boom, it, it was just kind of like he physically wrote it. So it's stick on his head, stuck in their head, his head. So he's like, oh yeah, this person works for L&L Plumbing. He loves to go fishing every every Saturday. Oh, next time you see him. Dude, did you catch any fish last Saturday? Boom. Money. There it is. Yeah, when you can remember personal details about people and show that you're interested, that you're not an automaton, that you have a personality even. I remember one of the places I was at, the the attending I was working with came in one day and said that she was over the moon because in her home state, they had produced the biggest pumpkin in the world. Something like that. The next time I saw her a week later, I made a comment about, wow, looks like the you're you're you've kind of dimmed a little bit. Have you have you kind of came, come down from the high of having the biggest pumpkin? You know, just just a way to have a conversation and mm-hmm. show that I remember what we've talked about. I remember something that you mentioned was important to you and that people will feel. And it's not disingenuous, but people will feel like you pay attention, that you right. care about what they have to say. One thing I'd like to add to that is building building a connection obviously to keep these relationships going is finding something you guys can relate to like she had the the biggest pumpkin in her town austin you're from idaho you could be like oh yeah you know the world record for potatoes in idaho was this and you're like oh wow like i had the largest pumpkin i had the largest potato that's something you can laugh about like later on it's just a i don't know it just comes it comes i want to say it comes naturally to me and some people just need to practice that and it's going to feel uncomfortable but doing it and repeating and doing repetitions is going to make it just flow later on our friendships built on giant foods. <laughs> hey, <laughs> gotta start somewhere. Yeah, how can you relate? I think, and I always say this too: when you're trying to make connections with someone, if you can, if you can evoke an, an emotion from them, and whether that's like uh, laughter, like sadness, or like compassion, and then find something you can relate to, your relationship with that person is going to stick. And I think that's what I've done the last four years, trying to make relationships with programs to match into dermatology. I agree. So then it would be, don't be afraid to say no, start asking around and see what other people do that makes them successful, cultivate relationships, maintain them, have social awareness, 
and keep people updated. I love it. And I think we can wrap it with that. So see you all in the next one. Go build your network.